Your financial mission, should you choose to accept it, is to achieve financial clarity. New Intel suggests that bad financial actors are constantly filling the landscape with misinformation and other barriers and obstacles, leaving you with limited time to make the right choices for a successful financial future. To make things easier, we've chosen your team for you. Financial Commander Janine Theus will help lead you to success. As always, should you avoid the excellent guidance you're about to receive, you'll be disavowed. Also, this message will self-destruct in three seconds. Three, two, one. Oh, we've got another great podcast on the way today. Your financial mission, Walter Storholt here alongside Janine Theus. She is the CEO and founder of Theus Wealth Advisors, uh, your local financial commander in Columbia and throughout Howard County. You can find us online by going to theuswealthadvisors.com. Listen to past podcasts and blog posts and all sorts of good information there on the website. Janine, always exciting to talk to you. And uh, how have uh, things been for you the last couple of weeks? They've been, they've been pretty exciting there, Walter. We've, we've had probably one of the wettest summers in a long time. Yeah. Um, so we've got a week full of thunderstorms on tap for this week. And uh, it's, uh, you know, everybody's kind of tearing their hair out, but it's the weather. <laughs> what yeah. are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, as long as we can keep it from getting, uh, you know, to that like flood level that I know that you guys have had, you know, not, not necessarily Columbia, but some of the towns around you have certainly experienced this. Oh, yeah. And everybody's a little bit concerned. Uh, recently, we had um, the Susquehanna River, which is between us and Pennsylvania. Um, we, we got a lot of Pennsylvania's trash through the, when they opened the dam at, um, the, uh, Conowingo dam at, on the Susquehanna and, uh, people are not real happy about all of that <laughs> with yeah. all this extra water coming down. It's going to, you know, affect some of that, but yep. it's very interesting. Hey, the rain is good. If it wasn't raining, we'd be complaining that we were in a drought, right? So. That's exactly right. It'd be hot. Keep it coming in moderation. That's all I've got to say about that. We've got some fun things coming up on the show today. We're going to take a look at an article that was written and posted on MarketWatch.com not too long ago. It talks about the seven elements of a successful retirement. We'll see if Janine agrees with those elements. Uh, we're also going to have a little part of this program that we call Story Time, where we're going to get uh, a story of some great news that Janine was able to share with a client recently about being able to retire early. All of that coming up straight ahead on the show. But first, it's time to see what's happening in the news. Extra, extra, read all about it. So, Janine, there was an article uh, not too long ago. I saw this headline that the federal government recently admitted, they have an admission, uh, that the Social Security Trust Fund will be insolvent by 2034 and the Medicare Trust Fund even sooner by 2026. I know that this is something you follow closely. What implications does this have on retirement planning for people like your clients? Well, I think that's a very large boogeyman on everyone's radar. Uh, people have mentioned it, have asked about it when they've come in for meetings. And the insolvency that uh, the things that I've read say like 2037, you know, let's <laughs> let's talk about a couple years. Insolvent, though, is a word that's thrown around quite a bit when you read different authors on this. 
it's that the, the Social Security Trust Fund is going to have some issues in paying out full benefits. So it's not necessarily going to be insolvent, but they are going to have to come up with some kind of strategy to either continue full benefits or to cut back on the benefits. And as everyone should know, and you've checked your paycheck, you've been paying in 6.2% of your salary for as long as you've been working into the Social Security Trust Fund, and then 1.45% goes into your Medicare, the Medicare Trust Fund. So we've all been paying into this for many, many years. Um, but what's happened is the number of workers supporting the trust fund has decreased. Now, part of this is going to be affected by the economic numbers. And if you um, heard in the news recently, the IRS brought in the, the highest amount of money ever on record. It was $3.4 trillion. And some of that does go to Social Security. The fund is not going to be insolvent, but they are going to have to change some of the rules and regulations by which people get paid out. And that could happen by, I would say in the next, within the next 10 years that they're going to have to make some rules that change how people are paid out unless they can bolster the trust fund itself. And they are looking at doing in that because right now between the employer and the employee, you're paying in about 12.4% combined to the trust fund. Well, they're looking at boosting that to 14.4, which means you're going to have more payroll taxes <laughs> taken out to go to Social Security. So that's being bantied about. They're playing badminton with that one in Congress and have been for a while. Um, of course, they don't want to make that real public. It gets everybody's um, hair standing on end. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't think it's going to be insolvent, but it is going to change. Yeah, I think that's the big takeaway, right? Is that just there, although 2034 may seem like it's way off in the horizon, if the changes are within a decade, that's going to have a, a much faster impact. I mean, if you're you're alive today, and even if you're recently retired or not yet retired, well, that's definitely going to have an impact on you. I mean, 10 years will come quickly. Um, we all know that all too well <laughs> that that's going to yeah, happen. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, the folks that are going to be the most impacted by this are the ones who rely on Social Security for a larger share of their retirement income. Mm -hmm. So I do have clients who come in and say, I'm not, I have planned, and this is actually very few, who've said, I have planned to not have to rely on Social Security. I'm like, well, you were prescient yes. <laughs> in your planning. Good for you. That's not the norm. <laughs> So um, most people are, you know, it was never intended to be a retirement income plan, but that's what it's turned into. So more people have um, built their plans around that. Yep. And, and, and if they do change this and they cut back uh, benefits, let's say they cut it back 25%, that's going to affect quite a few people who are only getting 1000 to $1,200 or $1,500 a month. Good synopsis. Uh, I think that makes a lot of sense to view it through that lens and something we can be cognizant of and reminded of, although the major issues may be years and years away still. Uh, changes might be just around the corner. Uh, it's time for story time here on Your Financial Mission, and we'll transition from kind of a, I don't know, it's not a dark conversation, but Social Security, it's not like that's a fun conversation either. So we'll transition into something a little <laughs> bit more fun. Uh, I'm curious if you can tell us about a time, dig into your memory banks there, Janine. Uh, tell us about a time when you helped somebody retire earlier than they initially expected. What's interesting about this story is it does it has less to do with how much someone has saved and planned as it has to do with understanding 
what your income expectation is. And so what I had them, this couple do was a budget analysis of how are you, you know, what, what is your budget currently that you're living on? And based on what you've saved and based on planning for social security at some point, and, and he was planning to take it a little bit early um, and understanding what the ramifications of that were is walking through the numbers and saying, okay, I'm okay with these numbers in retirement and you're going from a significant salary to this. And they're, they're wonderful people and they were extremely realistic with what they were giving up in terms of their income current to income in retirement and their motivation for going into early retirement. And you're talking about folks in their early sixties. Um, he could have continued to work for another five years and he didn't want to. So what they wanted to do was spend more time with family and grandkids. They wanted to be available and, um, and travel with the kids. So they made, I wouldn't call it a sacrifice because it's not really a sacrifice if you've actually planned it out. And so that's what we did is go through the numbers and say, is this acceptable for you? And then building in a little bit of an inflation factor and a little bit, you know, moving forward, what is the lifelong projection? And you you know, it took a couple of iterations and back and forth. And, you know, you make assumptions all the time on rates of return and withdrawal amounts. And, but the bottom line is always going to come back to what is the income I'm willing to, or I'm okay with having in retirement. You know, I'm willing to, not willing to settle, but what is that? What am I okay with living on? And that was kind of an enlightening experience for them to to then say, we're okay with this because this is where we're going and this is what we want to do. And so um, I wasn't surprised with the fact that within a year he came back and said, okay, we're retiring. And, and I was more comfortable because they actually understood the ramifications rather than somebody going into it blind. Yeah, they knew, so, they knew all those other complications that come into, into the situation. And there are a lot of things that can happen that can throw your whole plan off. Everybody knows that health health issues are one of the biggest and uh, getting people to really sit down and think that through is I think very important Um, rather than you look at each other and go, what the heck are we going to (laughs) do? I don't know. What do you think we should do? (laughs) It's like, okay, let's play. What if, and they had it down pretty consistently as to what they were planning and, and what their withdrawal rate was going to be. And, um, and so I was, I was very, as an advisor, I was more comfortable with them making that decision or as comfortable as they were. Sometimes I'm not as comfortable when somebody says to me, well, why don't I just do this? Well, we need to look at the numbers. Right. Because the they don't always work. Yeah. What's it going to happen down the line? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, just uh, along the same lines, you know, I sat recently with a couple who asked that, well, we want to retire in five to seven years. I said, well, let's look at the numbers. So we went through the numbers. And honestly, I didn't have to say anything. When you look at the numbers, her comment, the, the wife's comment was, that's not enough. That comment, that's not enough, is a relative comment. It's, it's, uh, it's relative to what you are, are expecting. And if it's not enough, then you need a different plan. Or you need to work longer. Or you as the spouse, the wife, many times... Maybe you need to to develop your business because right now you're just dabbling. Yeah, a little you know, little, so, little alarm bells better be going off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So <laughs> so enough. retiring, you know, retiring early is a relative term. Retiring with 
um, realistic expectations right. is, is, is what I really focus on well, trying to get people to see. And I think realistic expectations, we've talked about it before here on the podcast, lead to a successful retirement. That's another way we could certainly brand the conversation, whether you want to talk about having a solid plan or a successful retirement plan, lots of different ways that we can kind of bridge that gap. And that article we talked about earlier in the program, Janine, is how that's how they describe it. Seven elements of a successful retirement. This, again, was a Market Watch article. And so I thought maybe we could go through these different seven elements that they talk about, Janine. Just kind of hit each one briefly here. See if you agree with these elements. And also if you think there's anything missing here. Well, certainly it can't all boil down to just seven things. There's there's more to it, right? So that's... <laughs> yeah, generally. <laughs> that's, 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 so we won't go over necessarily every single one that exists, but uh, we'll see if this article is missing anything important. Um, the first point that they make here is to start with well-defined goals and then revisit them at least annually. That seems pretty logical and kind of right in line with what you were talking about. And that is, I think, a crucial step in beginning the process because the closer you get to retirement, the more you're looking at, uh, you should be looking at what it is you want to do for the next, let's say you're 62 to 65. Well, 60 to 65, let's say the more you really need to look at what you want to do for the next 10 to 15 years, because that is going to define some of these goals or it's going to shape some of them. So you really have to sit down, think about the overall strategy. And it involves really kind of getting on the same page, you know, with what your dream is. I I mean, somebody asked me recently, well, don't you want to travel? Well, I traveled growing up all the time. (laughs) So... So uh, there's a few places I'd like to go in in terms of travel, but I don't need to go see the world. I have seen a lot of the world. So for me, that's not a big driver, but for some people it is. And if you are planning to travel a lot in retirement, you better sit down and kind of plan out those numbers because you might find that it's a little more expensive than you had planned. You know, you, you can look at cookie cutter percentages, rules of thumb. Those are just benchmarks. And they, they're, they're shaping what you're trying to do. But it really is going to come down to those things that are driving you to do something beyond when you stop working. And, and I, you know, it does require flexibility. You've got to look at all the aspects. And the, the article talks about that. And I think that's accurate. So start with those goals. And don't forget, I think the second part of that um, you know, goal is important, or that second part of that point is to revisit it annually because goals change. Things, things are different over time. Yeah, exactly uh, right. Another piece that they mentioned in here, another point, was that many people get great satisfaction from work. Now, I kind of have a bone to pick with that. That doesn't seem like an element of a successful retirement. That statement doesn't really... That's not really an element, I would say, but I guess it is an interesting observation that some people may be missing out on the days when they used to work, right? Well, I think the key, the key verbiage that they discuss in the article is what gives you emotional satisfaction? What activity gives you that? Um, that can be work. It can be charitable um, efforts or causes, hobbies, family involvement, um, and those kinds of things might not come with some uh, financial re- remuneration, but it, that's not the point. Most people will do something that drives them emotionally and to keep their self-worth going. So one of the most important questions sorry, that I ask to folks regularly is what are you going to do next? 
if somebody comes in at 55 or 57 and I've had this happen, I want to retire by 60. And I say, and then what? Because actuarially, you're going to live to 92 to 95. Wow. That's 30 years in retirement. You're on vacation. What are you going to do? You have to stay. <laughs> the people who are the most happy are those who stay engaged in some fashion. Right. Doesn't have to so, be work, but something that gives them the right. same pleasure, I guess, as, as being a, at a productive job, let's say. Yeah. And if you like your work, if you can find a way to work part time, there are many opportunities to do that now, M many more so now than ever were before, where companies or, or especially the government will let you stay on part time. So many people think about just the number aspect and not so much about the social and um, you know, time aspect that comes along with all that uh, additional wiggle room that you get when you retire from your main job. Um, another aspect of this article was to talk about lifetime learning. And this is, I guess, very closely tied to getting that satisfaction from, from work, but uh, a little bit different take on it. I mean, for the, especially the folks around here that I, I may meet with, people do like to learn new things. I, I have um, a couple of clients that he's gotten into brewing beer. And <laughs> doggone it, is, he's really good at it. Yep, yep. <laughs> he's brought me some samples, and they are really good. <laughs> So, you know, you're finding another passion. There's this lifetime learning as we should always be learning. And it's, you know, it's always, we, we all have stories that are kind of funny when you're trying to teach 80-year-olds technology because the tech has uh, just exploded. And so it's really hard for them to keep up because they, you know, like my mother was never real technical to begin with. But, you know, with lifetime learning, doctors are constantly having to do CEs, uh, CPAs, advisors. There are lots of um, professions that require continuing education. And some people don't want to do that. But the idea of lifetime learning is a mindset. And I think most people who, who take on that mindset and keep current are much happier. Or they're, they just are able to stay more engaged. And I think that's very important. Yep. If you can develop elements of that in your life, it's certainly a way to go. I know my grandfather um, really got into botany at, uh, you know, after he kind of retired and they moved to Maine and he just got really interested in botany and he started to uh, just learn as much as he could about taking care of the trees and the property. And now he manages all of that for, um, you know, their, their condo complex that they're in up, up in Maine. And uh, and then the technology bit. My grandmother is now a huge texter uh, on her <laughs> on her e my eighty six year old grandmother on her enormous iPhone. She's just there tapping away, loving loving it. Absolutely thinks it's the coolest thing in the world to be able to you know text her kids and her grandkids and you know being able to drop in little quick hellos and that kind of thing. And you know I think she she sees the value in. You know, the kids don't think every time they're going to call, it's going to turn into a two-hour conversation. Now I can just keep tabs on them more frequently with little hellos, and they can send me a little picture of what they're doing. And, you know, so th 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 when you embrace those kinds of things, it can, it can really add to, uh, add to life a little bit. Yeah, and we've never been, uh, you know, in the history of the world as connected in some ways as we are today because of technology. Yeah. And, and if she has embraced that, I mean, what a great thing to be able to keep in, you know, to keep in touch with grandkids because we know, you know, the, the kids today are on the fly all the time. So even more so. So it's, it's a great opportunity. The fourth item in this article, Janine, and, and by the way, in case you skipped ahead in the podcast at all, we've been talking about the seven elements of a successful 
retirement plan, this article from MarketWatch and, and getting Janine's opinions on it. So far, you've pretty much agreed to, uh, I think, most of what's in this article, Janine. Um, how about this one? It's the dreaded B word. Budgeting is more than setting a top-line spending number based on a prearranged percentage. Well, exactly right. I mean, like a couple of stories previous um, that we were previously talking about, you have to look at what the client is actually spending because you can't, you can make projections forward. Um, a lot of the literature for a long time, uh, you know, teaching advisors was saying that you only needed a percentage of your current income in retirement. That's not necessarily true anymore. There's so many things to spend our money on for crying out loud and things get more expensive as you go. Um, so it's more accurate to say that here's what I need to live today. And then how much do I want to have as wiggle room or discretionary spending? And so when you're looking at, you know, the budgeting process, it's you're building in that kind of a flexibility because you're going to have to look at needing more than you uh, typically think you're going to need because inflation, taxes, and life events, things happen. So health concerns are one of the major um, concerns, if you will, that that people do worry about. And if that happens, how does that affect your overall spending habit? How does that affect your over, overall nest egg, you know, and your plans? It's a big factor. Yeah, very big factor as well. All right, there's uh, looks like three more points to make on this article. Uh, let's consider income. I know that this is a box that needs to be checked and, and certainly one of the elements of a successful retirement. Well, income comes from many sources and everyone knows that it's, you know, mo a lot of people, a lot of people in this area have pensions, but most people do not have pensions anymore. So there's social security pensions, retirement accounts, whether or not you have an annuity, why do you have it? What does it do? Do you understand it? Um, dividends, earned income, that's from a portfolio income. Um, how does this all play together? How should it play together? And how do you make it or optimize it? so that you get the maximum amount of income that you're going to need um, to be as flexible as you need to be. That, that takes a little, bit of, um, a little bit of work to sit down and go through and plan out. And most people tending to make decisions in silos don't actually look at the income piece. They're very good at accumulating, but when you flip that switch into, or flip that, um, you know, flip into retirement, you're changing how you actually look at this money coming out of what you've saved and where it's coming from and how it's being taxed. So that's a big factor. And you need to look at it as a holistic plan and not just the pieces and parts. Something else they mentioned in this article too, a sixth element of a successful retirement is to take the time to go through your employment history and discover what benefits you may have forgotten. How often is that actually panning out for somebody where they discover some, you know, hidden benefit that they should have received, you know, way back when? Uh, only a couple of times have I encountered that where somebody forgets that they actually have a benefit from a previous employer. Most people are pretty much on top of. <laughs> oh, I forgot I had that pension. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, even if it's five hundred dollars right. a month, somebody's going to remember that. I did have one gentleman that had no idea he he worked for the government, too, and had no idea that he received a pension from the government. Mm -hmm. I suppose I and, can see this. You know, my, my wife, Connie, uh, worked for uh, Duke Hospital, still works for Duke Hospital as a nurse. And mm -hmm. after five years, she was vested in the pension. 
and then she's gone down to part time while she's in um, while she's in uh, grad school. And it's possible that after graduation, she may be out of the Duke system and, you know, who knows, may never enter back into it. So if you think about it, I guess she would have that pension, but it wouldn't be until 30 years from now that we're, you know, tapping into that uh, pension. So I could see how that could get forgotten over time. Oh, absolutely. I mean, in that case, yes, you could you could easily forget that, Um, you know, and and that would come down to how organized you are. I wouldn't let it slip through the cracks, but uh, (laughs) someone someone that's not uh, as you know, excited by spreadsheets as I am would uh, certainly maybe lose track. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and, and people do uh, are sometimes surprised by inheritance money. And so how should that be invested? How do you even receive it in terms of the structure of the account is really important so that you don't end up getting hit with uh, undue taxes or penalties? Um, those are all very important parts of, you know, sitting down to kind of plan out the retirement All right, last but not least, the final point in this seven elements of a successful retirement that was in this article, invest for your whole life, Janine. That sounds like a bumper sticker somewhere and kind of fluffy, but what what does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it sounds so obvious, but people don't think like this, and the reason they don't is because of what the mutual fund industry, I I think, or the 401k industry has you uh, focused on. So, for instance, you, you, you would be amazed because it's the default investment scheme is that when people put their money into a 401k, um, they don't choose the fund. So it defaults to a, a retirement date fund. And all of those methodologies are getting you to uh, invest in a way in which when you, you are re- focusing on the retirement date itself. So you're investing as you get closer to it in more bonds and cash equivalents, et cetera. But if you've got another 30 years beyond that from which you have to take an income stream, you need to be focused on the portfolio allocation itself because you are going to need equities um, to offset inflation and taxes. And to last that long, if, if all your, and this used to be the philosophy for years is getting people more into the bonds, piece. Well, we've had very low interest in bonds for the last 30 years. So that's not worked out very well. And the only way to offset that and have that money last is to invest for your whole life till the very end. So you because you're going to be taking that income till the very end. I picked up from this article a lot of invest mentally for your whole life in yourself, invest emotionally in your self for your whole life and obviously continue to invest financially for, for your entire life. Yeah, that's a great way to put it, um, is, is to be more cognizant of what it is you're trying to accomplish and then how all those pieces fit together so that you end up with more control, more flexibility and more um, opportunity than you would ordinarily have. One thing uh, that this article didn't talk about was uh, physical health. Oh, great point. Absolute great point. Obviously, and, and there's so much information on that on it now. You know, the better shape you are in, the, well, ostensibly, <laughs> the longer you'll live, which is not exactly true. Um, but your quality of life will be better. Because I used to say years ago when I was a, a big runner, um, do you want to be walking at 85 or do you want to use a walker? at 85. Mm. And so keeping as healthy as possible without being um, over 
blown about it or, um, I mean, some people make a, a religion out of food and nutrition and you don't want to do that, but you want to be healthy, you know, kind of a holistic health is going to help you long term. That means you got to get off the couch, yeah. which is why you need a plan for what you're going to stay engaged in when you do go into retirement. I don't know if this is appropriate, but for some reason, this just popped into my mind as you're kind of talking about just the, you know, different, you know, emotional and, um, you know, health and, and all this kind of stuff. I was at a, um, a, a podcast conference just a couple of weeks ago, and this was for all types of podcasts. So it wasn't just, you know, financially focused or anything like that. So, you know, there were people who have all sorts of fashion podcasts or, you know, comedy or whatever it may be. And this one lady stands up at one point and goes, I've got a... Um, sex yoga spirituality podcast and i'm wondering how i can make money off of it and that was just like <laughs> it, it it had me rolling and everybody in the room's looking around and you're like huh what <laughs> what'd you what? say <laughs> so i don't know i don't know why that story popped into my head but well the pod the podcast universe is getting bigger yes yes can talk about anything you want apparently i didn't know that That's, was a category yeah. but <laughs> you never know uh, but, i thought you'd get a but kick yeah out i mean that. you know so yeah it is pretty funny but you know to that point and i'll just put it out there because it's a it's a it's a great routine and you don't have to really sweat <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> everybody if you're familiar with crossfit Oh, right. Which, uh -huh. you know, can be a little crazy. So you have to be very careful because yep. the, you shouldn't, you know, especially if you're over 50, you shouldn't go in there and try to be doing 100 jumping jacks before you are racing through your, um, you know, your jump ups. But there is a, a site that you do. It's a series of stretches and you hold the stretches. And I'll tell you, it works like a champ mm -hmm. and you feel so much better afterwards. <laughs> You're talking about yoga? <laughs> well, it's not yoga. Oh, okay. It's, it's called Romwod. So it's R-O-M-W-O-D.com. Romwod. And it's, it's a subscription. Oh. And I signed my husband and I, well, you, you only need one subscription. So we're doing it regularly because he's a tall guy. And tall men tend to get really, um, unless you're doing your stretches regularly, tend to get really tight in the hips, knees, et cetera. And he's noticed a significant difference huh. in movement. So, you know, if you do yoga, great, but this is, it's very, it's entertaining. Who knew that 20 minutes of nice music could kick your butt? Yeah, you know? no kidding. <laughs> so, That's great. Um, All of these yeah, are but, important elements for sure to a successful right. retirement. Are we, are we forgetting anything before we wrap up? No, I think that's, that's a pretty good one. I so mean, it's you a good just, article. If, okay. you know, depending on what you're trying, I, I mean, I agree with most of what the article says and that you do have to plan for your entire life. And that includes some of those what-if possibilities, yep. health events, accidents, things like that. What happens if those happen? Well, there you go. That's the straight skinny on uh, getting a proper financial plan in place for a successful retirement. We give a thumbs up to that Market Watch article, which, by the way, we'll link to that article in the uh, post for today's episode. So just go to TheusWealthAdvisors.com if you're not there already and uh, click on the podcast page and you can go click on this episode 
and uh, look at the uh, article there, the link to it we'll include in the uh, show notes. So yeah, just go to theuswealthadvisors.com, look at today's episode, and there in the the blog post in the show notes, you'll see a link to that article if you want to read it any further. And you'll also see more information there on some of the other things that we've talked about on today's podcast. As always, if you want to reach out to Janine and talk about your financial situation and how you might be able to take steps to improve it so that you can achieve a successful retirement, we invite you to caller at 443-718-6311. That's a 443 area code 718-6311. Or check her out online at dot com. Easy way to remember the spelling there. Uh, Janine, as always, thanks so much for the help. We appreciate it. Thank you, Walter. It was great. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon on the next podcast. Uh, until then, thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you soon on your financial mission. <laughs>